the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is Tuesday the 15th. You are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location at downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, good morning. Good morning. I hear we both ended up at DeFleury's at different times yesterday. Of course. It was Valentine's Day. you got to go to DeFleury's. Yeah, the place oh was awesome. Gosh, yes. There was a bit of a line. I went at lunch to get mm-hmm. my husband his truffles. Yeah. They never disappoint. So I think I went, uh, we might have just passed Missed each other. Missed each other, yeah. Yeah, because there wasn't anybody in there when I walked in. And wow. I was able to talk to the guy behind the counter for mm-hmm. like 20 minutes and sat wow. there and chatted about chocolate. And it's pretty cool. And he said, uh, it's funny, I wouldn't have thought about this at a chocolate shop, but they have to keep the temperature at a certain mm-hmm. degree yeah. so the chocolate doesn't melt. Like the radio station. Yeah. Oh. We could we could do a side chocolate we business could, here. We could store cho- meat in here. Chocolate hustle. Yeah, we could store okay, meat. Okay, bacon hustle. There you go. We can okay. do a bacon hustle. Well, it's 21 degrees outside, and it feels about two inside uh, right. uh, the radio station today. But hopefully it's warmer where our first guest is uh, joining us from. <laughs> he may be in his car with the seed eaters <laughs> yeah. on. It's Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhaney. Brad, how you doing this morning? Hey, good. I So I'm, I'm showing my Valentine's love by doing school drop-off today. And yeah, I'm I'm actually in the car, and you may hear the door in a moment go. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> oh, that's but, that's a fabulous Valentine's present, and and uh, yeah, I that's probably better than chocolate actually. And, and drop off's always a little easier than pickup. I always think. I feel like pickup is more of a, a grudge match between the parents to get in and out than the drop off is. <laughs> yeah, the well, fights. Yeah, it absolutely is. So pickup is everybody at the very same moment. Unless you've got a kid in sports or whatever with practice after school, but at least the drop off is people, you know, kind of come at their own pace and depart at their own pace. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, staggered a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what are you watching at the state legislature this week? Well, today the House of Delegates is set to pass a bill that would be in line with the Mississippi abortion law that is being uh, reviewed by the U.S. Supreme Court. That the fifteen week uh, after after 15 weeks, abortions would be banned for the most part under this bill. Uh, you know, the, the, the way it works, that bill is up for passage in the House today. Um, normally, the day before that, you'd consider amendments on a bill, but the House uh, forewent consideration of amendments and, and pushed those also to today. Uh, so the big consideration would be, should there be an exemption in cases of rape or incest. So far, that that provision has been brought up twice in the different committees that have reviewed this bill, and the committees have decided not to add those exemptions. I would assume that the full House will follow suit and and, and not add uh, exemptions for instances of rape or incest. 
but it's going to be a significant issue that I think is going to. There is no doubt to me that this bill is going to pass the House of Delegates, but but that I think is the the biggest remaining question. Well, is it? So I I, I realize there's a supermajority of uh, Republicans in the legislature. They're very conservative, so obviously they have the votes to to power this through. But in in actuality, if this uh, goes through and someone. Uh, in the real world, is uh, the victim of incest and wants to get an abortion. Will this be challenged? You know, the, the other aspect of this bill is because the U.S. Supreme Court is reviewing Mississippi's law, West Virginia is kind of taking a chance here and, and sort of assuming uh, what the Supreme Court is going to do. So certainly there could be legal challenges to West Virginia's law if it were to pass and be signed right from the get-go. Uh, but, you know, what you just touched on is is a question, you know, if if, if a juvenile, um, a 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old, were to become impregnated by an act of incest or rape, uh, sometimes this is an older family member, um, you know, I mean, it, it, in the real world, it would eliminate some options uh, for, for that a terrible situation. But the, the pushback on that, the reason delegates have said, well, we don't want to have an exception is, you know, you're, you're also talking about a baby being born who uh, would have, you know, opportunities in life, uh, potential of living a full human experience, even under a horrible start. But this, this segment's gotten dark in a hurry, but right. know, this is this is not an easy question that legislators are grappling with. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and, and um, you know, it, I'm sure this will be hashed out uh, later on, as you mentioned, uh, in the courts. We're still waiting to see the decision uh, regarding Mississippi's law. Um, what else is the legislature looking at that has caught your interest? <laughs> well, for some reason, the legislature is debating uh, 1972 law. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is the Equal Rights Amendment, and you know, Congress, a majority of Congress in 1972, determined that that the equal rights of the gender should be embedded in the Constitution. But um, a, a certain number of states, 38, three quarters of the states, uh, needed to go ahead and and agree to passing that provision, also to ratify it. Uh, West Virginia, in pretty early 1972, was the 12th state to do so, but there there never were enough states that got on board until recently to make it so. R- Virginia became the 38th state largely because uh, the politics in Virginia have changed, and and Democrats uh, until Governor Governor um, Youngkin was elected, and and the House flipped to Republican. Democrats the last few years were in charge of Virginia politics, so signed on belatedly to the Equal Rights Amendment. The trick is there was a 1979 deadline for, for enough states to come on board. And, and West Virginia's politics have changed. In 1972, the state, West Virginia, was dominated by Democrats. Now the state dominated by Republicans. Mm-hmm. So the Senate passed a resolution quietly on Friday didn't get much attention in the moment, not much debate. But the resolution took note of the, the 1979 deadline, essentially said that West Virginia's ratification had expired, and, and the House took it up yesterday. Um, 
the, the Democrats in the House pushed back against it. Said, "How can we even consider this? Of course, of course, the genders are equal." Uh, the Republican majority in the House didn't necessarily pass it right away, but but parked it in the Rules Committee. Uh, so this, I mean, it, I, I find it very interesting, but it's also a little bit funny that that the current West Virginia legislature is debating something from 1972. Right. And the amendment is said, equality of rights under the law should not be denied or abridged by the U.S. or any state on account of sex. Basically, I'm, I'm reading from, from your article. Um, yeah, so why is this coming up now? <laughs> well, t- so two things. Um, the, the, the Virginia vote in favor of the Equal Rights Amendment in 2020 put put that ratification over the 38 states required. So the situation has kind of changed, and there's this national debate about the 1979 deadline that yeah. was in the law. Could that be set aside and ignored? So if West Virginia were to have its earlier ratification essentially vacated, then then that would reduce the number of states that, that are, are even being considered. But the uh, optics so on changing our minds, yeah, it's like <laughs> that yeah, that doesn't look right. great. And and I, I, you know, I I've been trying to figure out what what the motivation is. I don't think it's really to score political points to say you know we're standing strong against the Equal Rights Amendment. <laughs> right. Republicans have have not touted doing this. They've hardly said anything about it. I think it's these national forces at work. Um, so, for example. Roe versus Wade was in 1973, and and I think it's rolling into abortion politics, and, and the National Right to Life organization seems to be very involved in this. I, I, one thing I can't figure out is what the practical implications would be if if there would be some, you know, effect on abortion politics or abortion law. Right. If you were to say just basically the sexes are equal. Um, you know, could that affect abortion law in some way? He gets. I, I haven't wrapped my mind around it, but I, I think this is coming from sort of the national debate. And, and yesterday, Roe versus Wade and abortion policy were cited on the House floor as, as reasons the situation has changed. Okay, but who individually is sponsoring this this bill, this idea? Who is there an individual lawmaker? It rolled out of the Senate, and the lead sponsor was a female senator, uh, Donna Boley, a Republican from Pleasance County, who has served in the Senate for years. At one point, politics in West Virginia has changed so much that at one point Donna Boley was the only Republican senator. Um, hmm. And so now she is sort of the grand dom of, of, of the Senate. So she was the lead sponsor, and then all of the other Republican senators were on board with her, including a couple of other Republicans, uh, Amy Nicole Grady of Mason County and Patricia Rucker of Jefferson County, your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but all of the male Republican senators were on board also. Uh, none of the Democrats in the Senate. I often don't listen to what senators are saying about resolutions because it's often we're naming a bridge, we're naming a highway. Right. Um, this one kind of piqued my interest on Friday because I, I heard Equal Rights Amendment. And I thought, well, what, what, what has come up here? And I, I actually went to the resolution and read it, um, and I, I thought it was doing what it seems to be doing, but I, I wasn't really sure in my own reading. And then there was, there was just no debate about it. I mean, there was no, you know, we're standing up for you, we're 
protecting your rights. There, there just wasn't anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, frankly, I, I lack the confidence in the moment to think, oh, that's a big deal. Uh, but then it rolled into the the House yesterday, and, and Democrats wanted to block it right away, mm-hmm. wanted to just refuse to accept it, uh, and made a motion to do so. Uh, the Republicans in the House didn't go that far, but essentially said, well, we should send it to committee and consider it. So it wasn't yet like the House Republicans embraced it or, or mm-hmm. really spoke in favor of it, merely that they said, well, we should give it time to, to be considered. But, so they're, they're but having the conversation, it. basically. <laughs> the language of the, the U.S. Constitution Amendment is, is so simple, just a couple of lines. Yes, they do want to have a conversation, but it's it's also a little bit like, well, let's understand, <laughs> right? And it, and it's not like it they're promoting a a law or an ordinance that says, hey, let's roll back equal rights for the sexes. That's not what this is. This this is a resolution regarding something that happened fifty years ago. So it's quizzical. It, it is. I mean, one way or another, it whether it's rescinding it or just saying noting that the deadline has passed. And I, I will say, in fairness, there's a line in there that says West Virginia believes in treating the sexes equally in, 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 the, in the state Senate resolution. There's a line that says that. But, you know, the, the symbolism is that, all right, we in West Virginia don't want to rise to the level of embedding in the U.S. Constitution that we're going to treat the genders equally under the law. If there's a question in a divorce case or... Um, a, a marital property rights spat or, um, you know, anything else that you can imagine that, 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 it, that could be a gender issue. The symbolism here is we don't think it rises to putting that in the U.S. Constitution. It would be really interesting to hear some of the proponents of, right. uh, of, of this particular move to, to say why they're exactly putting mm-hmm. it out right now. Yeah, Paul Espinoza, another delegate from your area, Jefferson County, a Republican, again, didn't didn't necessarily speak in favor of the state Senate's resolution yesterday, but but was one of the people who, who stood up and said, well, we need more time to consider this. Let's not bat it down right away. Let's send it to committee. Uh, so the end result was sending it to the, the Rules Committee, which traditionally doesn't debate policies under consideration, but does... It's kind of a traffic cop committee. It determines uh, what's actually going to make it onto the House floor and, and what isn't. So it, it could be being treated as kind of a purgatory, mm-hmm. or it could just be like, all right, well, we're going to think about this for a hot minute and and then send it to the floor when we think we're ready. It's, yeah. uh, it's another thing where I'm not quite sure procedurally what they intend. Your article, of course, up on the metronews.com website on this one. Again, we've been speaking with Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney. Unfortunately, we've got to get to our first break on the day, but thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your busy Tuesday morning to chat with us, Brad. Thanks, you guys. Now I can exit the school parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks a lot, right, Brad. Thanks. Take Bye. care. Yeah, that was Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney talking about all the things going on down in the legislative session, which seems like things are starting to heat up as uh, it's starting to wind down. So if you need to catch up on any of the headlines, make sure you go over to metronews.com over on the news tab, and there's all kinds of articles from Brad. Uh, and I think, Marsh, you probably got some up here, all kinds mm-hmm. of different headlines yep. over at metronews.com slash news. So go check that out. Uh, but we got to get to our first break. We'll be back here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. 
Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, Swing West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit our new historic location, downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. Missed it before the break. We have Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney on, talking about all things state legislature, which is a lot going on, so you missed any of that. Can, well, check out all the headlines over at metronews.com, but you can also listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify pages. Uh, did I... Did I say I'm Jordan Icewarner and you're Marsh Kavalik? You just right? now did. Oh, well, so I think that covers go. it. And uh, we have a lot of news going on locally right. as well, Marsha. So you can read both of these stories at our panhandlenewsnetwork.com website. Um, but I'm going to run them down. Uh, probably the uh, one of the ones that is uh, probably more newsworthy uh, today is that mask mandates um, will be ending in Jefferson County schools. Uh, They made the decision the Board of Education did yesterday. They voted to adopt the policy uh, to make masking in school optional. Uh, The new policy goes into effect next Monday, the 21st. And uh, directions about that uh, will uh, can be found at the Jefferson County Schools uh, website. But uh, one of the things that they did say was uh, staff in the school system will be masked up this Mm -hmm. week. um, But no no students are going to get dinged if they take their masks off. Now, does this go school. for staff too that they yeah. can wear it if they want? Yeah, I, th- I think that's yeah. they're just ending mask mandates. They said they were, you know, going going um, through updated information from the state mm-hmm. uh, Department of Education in hmm. uh, in making this decision. You read the the story over at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com and detailed instructions at the Jefferson right. County School Systems website. But it sounds as though it goes into full effect with instructions on Monday uh, staff is probably still going to be masked up, but they said, you know, no one's going to get penalized right. if they take their masks off this week. I'm surprised it's taken this long for this to be what started to happen. Like wear it if you want, if not, we're not going to get into a huge argument about it. Then you can still come to school. So, but so you were a student, right? Um, let's say that you, as were you, Right, but I'm, I'm I'm asking this question for you, okay? And and it doesn't matter at this point. I'm asking this as a as a news person. Doesn't okay. matter what I think about masks right. or any of that, right? right? But you're a student. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have been masking up all year mm-hmm. at your home. Um, you guys wear masks when you go out anywhere to church, to school, to whatever, or to to the store. Right. Now you go into school, and um, it's it's optional. Yeah. Ev- everyone in the school system can, if they want to, mm-hmm. um, what do you think you're walking into the first day? Do you think you're going to uh, see a lot of kids with masks on? And if you have your mask and your family is kind of, that's the thing that you mm-hmm. do. I think um, it's going to be, I think it's going to look a lot like it does. If you go to like a sporting event or to the grocery store or something, you see plenty of people wearing masks, but you see plenty of people mm-hmm. not wearing masks as well. Everybody kind of just, you know, intermingling, coexisting. If you want to wear one, you want to wear one. But mm-hmm. them being kids does throw a little wrinkle into things. I could see where it could quickly devolve into no kids wearing masks right. because, you know, somebody says, hey, I don't have mine on, but you have yours on. They're like, yeah, 
and then they rip it off and then it's never back on. So my opinion as a, as a mom mm-hmm. um, is, you know, obviously... Just blanket? No, parents are coming from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Families are coming from different perspectives. Someone in the school system needs to talk to each, you know, each individual classroom and say, look, masks are optional now. We will not tolerate anyone bullying anyone for their personal decisions. Mm -hmm. If you want to keep wearing a mask, if that makes you feel safer, wear your mask. If someone else is not wearing a mask, that's fine too. No one criticize each other's choices. No, I agree. And and I think that needs to be a message Mm -hmm. that goes out because- because it could go south really oh, fast. And like immediately, like day right. one, it could go south, south where nobody's wearing masks or kids are, you know, like you say, making fun of each or, other. Yeah. yeah. And and it really, especially if you're, if you're a little kid and you've got someone at home who's vulnerable mm-hmm. and you feel, or you've been instructed that it is important for you to wear a mask to let, to add another layer of protection to your loved one, yep. you should not be bullied for that. I agree. In uh, the same token, someone who, um, has felt uncomfortable in a mask and really wants to get rid of it, can't breathe, mm-hmm. should not be made fun of yeah. that either. So I think I someone, the adults, need to really get that messaging out. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. I think this is really the best option there is at this point to be like... Make it optional. Yeah, to make it optional. Instead of, you know, I mean, we've seen what the response has been like for the blanket mask mandates that mm-hmm. have been out for however long now. I mean, so right. there was a fair amount of pushback to that. And there would have been if there was a mandate saying no masks as well so right. i think this is the right thing a good like happy the, meeting. yeah yeah i yeah. think so also at uh, panhandlenewsnetwork.com there is a meeting of the morgan county commission tomorrow beginning at 9 30 uh on the agenda includes a public hearing at 10 regarding an ordinance that would authorize volunteer fire and paid fire companies to charge fees so mm-hmm. check out the agenda at morgan county dot or excuse me morgan county wv and you are boards of meetings. Someone explaining to me uh, this morning that that's a really big deal. Well, yeah, because if you've never had a fire fee before mm-hmm. in your county, um, and then that becomes part of your, it, the the fees are not considered a tax, and I'm not yeah. sure how they'll roll it out if they do decide to do this in Morgan County. But because it is a fee that comes from your county government, if they enact this, and again, I'm not saying it, do it or don't mm-hmm. do it. But it is significant because if it is a bill that comes from your county government and you decide not to pay for it, eventually your property could be leaned. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh. um, so this is something to, you know, folks need to, to go into with their eyes open. Um, you know, hopefully the fees, if they are offered, they, obviously there's a need for it. Mm-hmm. Um, they would be, you know, reasonable fees. So I think this is something that the public just needs to be aware of and, and get their um, you know, their questions answered. Yeah, and if you uh, want some more information on that, a little bit more in-depth look, you can find Marsha's articles over at panhandlenewsnetwork.com uh, right on the front page. The top one is the Jefferson County Schools mask mandate, and then right under that is the Morgan County Commission uh, meeting. So check that out over at panhandlenewsnetwork.com. But we got to go to our news break, and we'll be back here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Dice Warner, alongside me, is Marsha Kavalik, and joining us in studio from the Apollo Civic Theater, it's Carrie Parkinson. How are you doing this morning? 
Oh, better when her I'm mic is again. up. <laughs> I'm asking, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, thank you. It's okay. Nobody can ever hear me anyways. That's okay. Well, that's <laughs> that was why just we a got dry run. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I guess my talent for the talent show that's coming up would not be board operation. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be, that would not be it. But right. tell us a little bit about the uh, Apollo's talent show coming up because I think, is this the first one you've done this year? Yes, it's actually, we ended up having to cancel it last year because mm-hmm. of COVID and everything. So this is our first year back since... Uh, we, we were able to have it in 2020 because of how early it is. Yeah. But yes, this is our first year back. How's it been? Wow. Say, how's the planning been going? Oh my goodness. I'm a little overwhelmed. I guarantee it, especially <laughs> since it's like right around the corner. Now. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure when you, when you said, Hey, it's coming back, there were people who were like, Oh my gosh, I've been waiting. Can't wait yeah. to do this. Um, so you probably got some, some responses, right. You know, out of the gate. Um, who, what kind of talent has been responding? Oh, I mean, like we always get singers, so, oh, <laughs> like yeah. like so many singers, and there are some amazing voices in this area. Um, uh, we, but like the first person that auditioned was a dancer, actually. Wow! And cool. uh, he he did like uh, I don't know what it's called, but you know it's kind of like the whole robot kind of thing. Oh yeah, like and break that, dancing and stuff. Well, it's not quite Pop break lock. dancing. Pop Maybe, yeah, that might be it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's really cool. That is and neat. Now they and then people were submitting their stuff by video, right? It were, there weren't any live auditions. Oh no, we had live auditions. How did those go? Um, it was a little slow at first, yeah. <laughs> but uh, our last night we did have a really good turnout. Now, without naming names or being too specific, were there any you know auditions that you saw that were like, "Whoa, this oh, person's yeah. pretty good"? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Can like you a lot any of little, them. Any just little blew me details? Away. <laughs> any little sneak peeks on anything? Uh, and that, that pops up in your head. I kind of put you on the spot, but. Other than there the are some, there are some voices that are going to be at the show that you don't want to miss. Wow. <laughs> so do we have like a, a local K-pop band or like you know K-pop? That'd be pretty cool. What BTS? Is it BTS? Is that yeah, the BTS. But it would be like BTS Berkeley. Yeah, any big groups or is it just a lot of solo? Uh, it's, acts? it's mostly solo. We do have a duet with, nice. with ukulele. I'm very excited for that. <gasps> oh, ukulele. that'll be so cool. There you go. So you've mentioned singers and you've mentioned a dancer. Um, any comedians? No, we don't have comedians. Uh, we have several instrumentalists. Oh, okay. And Just uh, what, like guitarists and pianists, pianists yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, we oh, have some cool. piano, guitar. Yeah. And just now, and you are also going to be the talent show, right? Yes. Um, so, what's your talent? I sing. <laughs> ah, but. are you one of the great voices that you were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some people say so. You got to sell it. Yeah, of course you are. So, what what's your genre that you sing? Um, well, I actually competed in the talent show in 2014 and I won, which is why oh, I, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. But th- that's why I'm going to be competing or yeah, I'm not competing because I run it. That would be right. wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm going to be performing be this year kind right. of as a past winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually won with a Disney song. <laughs> What's up? Oh, okay. Uh, Colors of the Wind from oh, Pocahontas. I oh, I do know that one. I do know that song. Day, yeah. I know. So I know that one. Very, that's not that's not easy to sing. So that's that's great, and it uh, catapulted you to the winner's circle. Yeah. So you know what it takes to win. Will you be judging as well? Oh, thank goodness, no. <laughs> but you have a panel, right? It's yes. not like an audience participation. Yes, I uh, basically I'll take the judges back, and they talk about it amongst themselves, and I just you know hide under the table until the fighting stops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to try and be the mediator a bit. Yeah, that's cool. Because I bet, now how many judges will there be? Three. 
And they'll probably come from different walks of life. Yes. And are they going to be people who have performed at some point in their lives? Maybe not necessarily in a talent show, but... Yeah, we usually try to find judges who um, have experience in like our categories, Mm -hmm. like, like maybe someone who might teach dancing or someone who might teach guitar or someone who has performed in theater or just, or it could even just be a member of the community that is, you know, involved like a business owner or something, uh-huh. just mm-hmm. anyone. Say so we mm-hmm. got, I told you, we got to get involved. In <laughs> you just want to go judge people. I want to be Who's a judge. I want to be on a panel so bad. Okay, I want to be well, a panel judge. I want to be like, for last from, for next year. Yeah, can that be my talent to be a, ta- a, just a, judge. a judge? And then just I could be in a, a ju- the talent show people. as a judge. Well, who's going to judge you as the judge? The judges. <laughs> the judges can judge how the I judge. The judges cannot judge themselves. <laughs> the judges can judge how I judge. I think, I think that works. Uh, okay. Maybe they'll do works. that before the talent show what starts. Do you, what would your talent be, Marsha? I think the, my default would be singing, but you and I were talking off mic. Wouldn't it be fun to do a stand-up routine? It would be pretty fun. I would not be good at it, but that would be that would be both terrifying <laughs> and fun. All of it would be terrifying. Are you kidding me? Oh, it right. is terrifying. Yeah, I was gonna say it has to be. Like, I don't know how. Like you're a singer, I don't know how you can just go up there and sing in front of, and just have all these people staring at you, judging you literally. It, yeah, everyone. actively judging. It really, really helps when you know the lights are blinding you and all you, you can can't. see is like the first row. Right. So you uh, just stare out into the blackness and pretend mm-hmm. nobody's there. <laughs> Put all your friends in the front row. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Good. So, how many participants do you have? And and um, are auditions closed? Uh, our di- auditions are closed now. We have 11 contestants, um, but we're also bringing back some past winners this mm-hmm. year. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Now, is that a fairly good turnout for the talent show? Is that a bigger one or a smaller one? It's it's a little light, yeah. but uh, I mean... Hey, anybody's yeah. good, right? <laughs> yeah, anybody works. I mean, in previous years, of course, COVID yes. put a wrench in, in things uh, for the past couple of years, but in some years it's had to be delayed because of weather. It's just mm-hmm. the time yeah. of year. So 11 people kind of uh, putting themselves out there to, to commit to doing this this time of year is not bad in, yes. in the, you know, as the pandemic is we're getting out of it, hopefully. Absolutely. So, um, so what can the audience members expect? You said you're going to kind of be peppering in some of the other performances in addition to the contestants. Yes. So, I mean, I guess you can expect a night of being amazed at the local talent in your community. And that's cool. How broad is the net? Is it all people from Martinsburg? Is it people from the region? We have had, uh, I mean, for the most part, I think it's probably people very local, but we've also had people like from Maryland and Virginia and like, we've had a lot of people travel for this. That's cool. It's cool that you're doing, you know, you have a talent show going on in town at the, you know, historic theater. I feel mm-hmm. like you don't hear, you know, of talent shows going on anymore uh, in your local town. Maybe it's school yeah. or something, you know, but never for the community, which is pretty cool. Because like you said, there's a lot of great talent in this area that, you know, might not ever have a chance to uh, show off their talent. Yeah. Why not have the talent show going on at February on February 19th at 7 o'clock at the Apollo Civic Theater uh, downtown. Now, can you let everybody know, Carrie, where they can go to find out more about, you know, the Civic Theater and what all's going on, especially with the talent uh, you can go to the website. I believe it's ApolloCivicTheater.org. And if I'm wrong, just use Google. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and I think one of the graphics has the wrong time on, on the social mm. media. So it is 7. Yes, it uh, is at 7 o'clock p.m. On February 19th. And the, the winner, is there just one grand prize winner then, grand winner from the night? 
Well, in past years, we've had like a grand prize winner and then category winners, but mm-hmm. I'm doing it a little differently this year. I'm going to have a grand prize, but then basically just kind of do second and third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the grand prize? Uh, $200 in season tickets to the Apollo. Whoa. Wow. Well, that's, a, that's a pretty good grand you know, prize. Going to get a song ready for next year. <laughs> I know we got to work on our stand-up routine. <clears throat> okay. I don't know. We can be like Penn and Teller. Well, that's, that's magic, isn't it? It's a short one. You. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I meant okay. Oh, <laughs> see, we're getting anyway, warmed up already. See, look at that. <laughs> we're, making our, we're making ourselves laugh already. But again, we've been speaking with the it's Apollo Civic Theater, Gary Parkinson. Thanks again for coming in and chatting with us. It sounds like an amazing event, uh, and I give you or wish you the best of luck with your Thank performance you. and uh, with the talent show itself. Thank you. Absolutely. And stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, attorneys at law. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Cavalli. You can visit for the break. We had Carrie Parkinson from the Apollo Civic Theater in to talk about the talent show, which is coming up uh, on February 19th. It's at 7 p.m. It says on their Facebook 8 p.m., but it's actually at 7 p.m. And it sounds like it's going to be a pretty cool showcase of local talent uh, right in downtown Martinsburg mm-hmm. at the historic Apollo Civic Theater. So if we, you, ha- uh, we have a year to get our stick together. We have a if year to like get a- our plan together mm-hmm. or at least be on the panel. You I'd would love to judge. I just want to. I want to be the judge of of, of something. You should. At some you point. should totally sign up to do that. So I was looking at it online, and um, I keep seeing these cute little pictures of babies doing, you know, in school mm-hmm. um, for their Valentine's parties, all dressed in their little red shirts. And I know you showed showed me pictures of your uh, your uh, nephews and yeah. their little outfits to go to school and all. Even that. though my oldest nephew looked like he was sixteen in that picture, and I didn't know how to. Doesn't that break it. your heart a little I was like, bit? What? It's like who is that? I just remembered how important at that age picking the right. Um, you know, shareable, like the little greeting Valentine's card for your classmate was Mm -hmm. because you'd get the little pack and then you'd separate out the special one for your best friend. And then the one that you really wanted to impress, right? you know, in my case, the boy that I really wanted to impress. Right. And it, it, you know, it didn't do anything. It didn't matter. They don't care. Is there there a lollipop in there? Okay. Yeah. I remember going, uh, or either me and my mom going or mom going or somebody going to get uh, the big packs of the Valentine's Day cards uh-huh. that was like Spider-Man or, you know, probably some sporting thing and sitting there at the kitchen table and writing every name. Did you write Love Jordan or just Dash Jordan? <laughs> so I would just do, uh, well, so when I was a kid, I loved putting my whole name oh, down on cards. like all three. Like, <laughs> well, I would put my first, middle name, middle but I would put my first and last name on it. And even for uh, like... A, like a card for my dad's birthday, I would put Jordan Nice Warner. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> every it, time. it eliminates any doubt <laughs> yeah, as to exactly. who this card is from. <laughs> now I just put J, just the letter J. Did you? Did you just? Did you pick out any special ones for any special girls in the classroom? <sighs> you know, I'm trying to remember, and I, I don't think I did. I think wow, because and then in middle school it was like the lollipop grams or whatever. Uh-huh. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. You pay a dollar and someone yeah. delivers it to your Now, I'm sure room. I probably did get some, but I don't remember getting many, if any, at all when I was going through school. Nor do I even remember like giving, getting anyone, well, maybe, anyone, maybe like there's one a, of them. Maybe cause and a effect there. there. <laughs> maybe a correlation. But yeah, but no, there was always that kind of stuff.
And on Valentine's Day, somebody said this to me the other day, Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve like are kind of the same in my mind. I just forget about them until it's like three days before. It's panic time. And I'm time. like, oh my God, now I got to figure out what to do. But it's way too late to figure out what to do for those specific holidays. But you know what? Valentine's Day, thank goodness we have to flurries. So that's all <sighs> I can say. Goodness. Thank goodness. And uh, all the chocolates that I got that I planned on having for like a day or two were gone within the hour. Wow. We're gone within the hour. There's truffles. I can't stop eating those the truffles. Flurries, the flurries. Working their magic. Can't stop. Can't stop. But yeah, jam-packed show today, Marsha. Had Metro News statewide correspondent Brad McElhenney on. And I did want to ask him, too, and uh, we talked about this briefly uh, during the break about one of the uh, bills that it's an extension of a bill that's going through uh, the House, or went through the House already, Mm -hmm. but it's an extension on the having cameras in special needs classrooms after how many years ago? Is that three years, I guess, now? Where the, um, that sounds about right. Two or three. That yeah, it's been... where there was the abuse uh, situation, one of the special needs classrooms. That was here in Berkeley County, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, and, um, and I mean it's happened in other places. Yes. Well. Yeah. 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 But it's House Bill 40, 4556. Now this is the extension of this that I'm talking about is that they're going to be uh, well, they're considering putting audio recordings in school restrooms uh, to you know deter abuse and fights and things like that. Now of self-contained classrooms. So that's Thank you. See, I wanted him, I wanted so, to ask him to elaborate on it a bit because so I wasn't sure if, if that just meant the. the if they're putting an audio room. recording in your middle school, yeah, like, like multi stall bathroom. You're going to hear some things yeah. that are going yeah, to, you know, make, <laughs> make your hair See, curl. That was my question. I was like, "There's no way they can do that in just a normal restroom." So, but it makes sense if it's like a self-contained class. You can you can read Brad's story at metronews.com. Yeah, there's all kinds of headlines, especially legislative talk over at metronews.com. But if you want a little bit more localized look, you can uh, go over to panhandlenewsnetwork.com where Marsha's got a couple of good articles up there, a bunch of good articles up there. I won't say a couple, a bunch of them. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. About the uh, Jefferson County Board of Education and their mask mandate lifting, uh, well, partially lifting, I guess you can say, the mask mandate. and the, It's optional. Yeah, the Morgan County Commission mm-hmm. meeting coming up, uh, talking about fire uh, taxes and things like that, fire fees. fees. Yeah. Uh, you know, That's an important distinction. Yeah, fire fees, fire right. fees. Um, so, yeah, you can check that out over there. But, Marsha, we had Shepherd basketball last night. They were on the road at Lock Haven. We did not go to that one because uh, that's like a 12-day trip, it feels like, every time going. I bet those kids are back in school today. Oh, yeah. Jordan, bet you they were whining. back last night. Bet you they got back <laughs> last night. Uh, but uh, when they got back last night, both teams were probably not feeling the best because both teams, men's and women's, took the loss uh, to Lock Haven. The men's team lost 68-50, to 50, and the women's team lost a heartbreaker, 56 56- to 55. One point. Just one point. Now, that's two straight losses now uh, for the women's team and the men's team. I got to go back to their main thing. Uh, well, they won, of course, against Kutztown on Saturday. So they are kind of going back and forth, but we're getting down to the end of the season, Marcia. I remember looking at this list and I'm mm-hmm. at the very top, me like, oh my gosh, there's so many basketball games. And now there's only five. And next game's at home, right? Next game is at home. Coming up tomorrow at 7.30, we'll just be doing the men's game. So uh, you'll be able to hear us get going here on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network, at around 7.15 or so. And then uh, it's going to be a big matchup for the men's against Millersville. And Millersville, uh, this game is important, well, for multiple reasons. Because, one, it's right at the end of the season, so you don't want to lose games when you don't have to lose games, especially coming up to the tournament time. But... Once this loads, and I can tell you the exact numbers, uh, Millersville's 21 and 4. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, so that's just a big game. That because sounds a good like team. a fairly successful season for Millersville. Uh, yeah, I would say so. And their last game, which is the most points I think I've seen uh, any team score uh, 
that Shepard's going to play. They won at Mansfield on the road on Saturday in overtime at 107 to 106. Wow. So it's going to be a big game for multiple reasons and a tough game for the Shepherd men coming up uh, on Wednesday tomorrow at home at the Butcher Center at 7.30 against the 21-4 Millersville Marauders. And you'll be coming on air at? About 7.15 or so. Okay. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be talking with Coach Jenna Eckleberry after a hopeful uh, win for the women before right. uh, the men's game against, again, Millersville at home at the Butcher Center at 7.30. And you can catch it. If you can't make it out to the game, you can catch it right here on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network, your home for Shepherd University basketball. Yeah. There you go, Marsha. All right. So there's your sports recap for you for the day. Well done. I'm, uh, I'm sorry the news isn't better, but... Um, I know. You know, hopefully this will kind of propel folks to come out to the Butcher Center and cheer them on. I think so. And there's always a good crowd. I think last year, uh, Shepard averaged the most attendance per game in the whole PSAC. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty Excellent. cool. Butcher Center is a great place to watch ball games. So like I said, if you can make it out, make it out on Wednesday. Uh, women's game starts at 530. Men's game starts at 730. But we'll have the men's game right here on the air at 715. But yeah. If you make it out, make it out. And for Mark Spock and Jordan Icewarm, it's been Panhandle Lab on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.